Alrighty, Swerve. Well, good morning again from me. This is uh, my, if your first time here, I'm Steven. Just want to welcome you again as Danny. And I also want to congratulate Rachel and Junior on uh, their baptism this Friday. It was an awesome time. Uh, Danny's telling the truth, man. I had to dip my arm in that water as well to, to test whether they would, you know, really it was that cold. And it was really that cold. So uh, give it up to you guys. Much props. Um, as Danny has already mentioned, um, I am glad. I'm super glad to be here in week three with you guys to uh, continue what's been a really great series. Um, and as Danny mentioned, if you were here the first two weeks, and if not, we're good. We're going to catch you up today. I'm glad you're here now. But the first couple of weeks, we talked about God being with us during times of the valley. All right, When things seem to uh, uh, be going in a direction where you, you just can't get out of and you're stuck and maybe you're, you're wandering around and, and you just don't know what direction you're going in. Or we talked about a, a, the season of being in a desert where you just feel so isolated, right? And things are just like out of reach for you and your, your soul, you just feel so dry. You just feel like God is so distant, like you're alone in this desert time and no one is around you and everything you're going through, it seems like just no one seems to get and you're just there and you're stuck and, and you can't get some water and you're thirsty and hungry. And in that season, we said, hey, God is with you, right? And we said that this Christmas season is such a reminder of that, that God in the seasons of the valley and in the seasons of the desert is with you, right? And Matthew, that he is Emmanuel, God with us. But today we're going to take a little bit of a different look at things and say, hey, how about when life is going well? How about when things are going smoothly and perhaps your bills are paid or, or you know, just you feel a closeness with God and, and, and a richness in your relationships and, and you're just waking up every morning with an anticipation to meet your God and things are just going so well and you are full of the joy of the Lord. And, and, and how about in that time? Is it, is it then that you can realize and recognize God is with you? Because if we're truthful, right, when we're in the valley, in the desert, how many of us are, uh, tend to turn to God and cry out in those moments? But when things are going smoothly, right, and things are well, what is the tendency to do? Say, hey, I don't need to pray as much this week or, you know, things are just well, God, thank you. And we kind of begin to distance ourselves from God, our maker, who has blessed us in that season. And so that's what I want to do is talk about a mountaintop experience. But before we go on, how many of you have had mountains, real mountain experiences climbing mountains? That's surprising. Small mountains, yeah. No. <laughs> All right. Pretty surprising. And, and that experience is rich, right? Like there's been, always been a wonder around mountains, a mystery about climbing a mountain, right? From the very beginning of time, man has always wondered and, 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 and felt awe of this experience of the mountain. And I looked up this poem and it describes this mountaintop experience of climbing a mountain. Actually, I want to read that for us to capture what we're talking about when we say a mountaintop experience. OK, so the poem starts off. It says, I'm climbing a mountain. I reach out to touch the blue sky. This feeling of freedom will live with me until I die. I'm climbing a mountain. I feel the cool breeze on my face. And the sun's beating down. I'm forever at home in this place. I'm climbing a mountain. I stop just to gaze at the view. So clear the horizon like my every dream has come true. I'm climbing a mountain. I feel like a bird in the air. I'm gliding and soaring. I feel like I haven't a care. I'm climbing a mountain, the blue sky is turning to gold, the sunset so peaceful, such beauty is there to behold. 
It's this mountaintop experience, right, where we wish we can just hang out there for the rest of our lives, right? We just want to be there. How many of us love that description of the sun beating down on your face right now? This week has been a horrible weather week, right? It's been freezing out there, and, and just that just oh, warms me up. Just reading it, I want to reread it to kind of soak that in. But that's what we're talking about today, this mountaintop experience where things are just going so well, okay? Well, we said God is with us in the valley, and in the valley you can trust that he's your protector, right? We can trust that he's our shepherd, our leader, he's guiding us, and that he's with you. And we said in the desert that you can trust that in that lonely place that his light, his word is a lamp for your feet and a light to your path, that you can trust him. And in those desert times that we can push through, through worship, right, that God is with you. But how about the mountaintop experience? I want to look into the Bible with you guys today because the Bible often um, has this, uh, this description of mountaintops usually described as a place of powerful and personal encounters with God. Of powerful and personal encounters with God. Many of most popular Bible stories, right, happen on top of mountains where God spoke powerfully to Moses, where God takes Abraham and meets with him and provides for him. Uh, many of stories uh, are on the mountaintops where God meets with us personally and in a powerful way. And I want to look at one today with you guys. So in your notes, the scripture is there for you. And we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 8. Mark chapter 9, verses 2. Through eight. I'm going to read that for us. We're going to spend a moment in prayer and then we'll take it from there. So Mark 9 verses through 2 through 8. Verse 2 kicks off this way. It says, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves to be alone. He was transfigured in front of them. And his clothes became dazzling, extremely white as no laundry on earth could whiten them. Not even Danny can do a good job. Elijah appeared. Those of you who know that little inside joke. Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us set up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Because he didn't know what to say since they were terrified. A cloud appeared, overshadowing them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly. Looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except for Jesus. Let's pray. God, what a powerful word it is that we just read, God. Lord, in the power of your word, I pray with my brothers and sisters would come to life today, God, to us, Lord, that we would see the beauty of the scriptures, God. We would see the richness of the text you've given us today, God, that in it, Lord, we would worship you, God. Our hearts be turned to you this morning. God, I thank you for an opportunity I have with my brothers and sisters to open up the word, God, that is living and to go into it today, God, expecting and knowing that you will draw near to us, Father. So we give you thanks this morning, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So how about that for a mountaintop experience, huh? All right, a couple of things I think we can take from this passage, and I want us to do that today. So I'm going to dice it up a little bit with you. Um, and the first thing I want us to take from this, on the mountain, God meets you personally. On the mountain, God meets you personally. If you're taking notes today, I hear those pens clicking. That means you're taking notes. You can go ahead and put that in your notes. God meets you personally. See, a mountaintop experience is often described as one that brings such joy and, and, and peace that triumphs all other human experiences. Why is that? Well, it's a season 
where God is meeting with you in a personal and relational way. This mountaintop experience that you're going through, you realize that God is meeting with you in a personal and real way. And I want to zoom in and I'll text in verse 1 there. It says this, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and he led them up a high mountain by themselves alone. He led them by themselves up this mountain alone. Now it starts off with after six days. Prior to this, Jesus had been spending few nights and days with them all over his death and his resurrection that was to come. And it was an intense couple of days with Jesus. All right, It was an intense couple of days. And so after a while of going over what's to come, all right, he takes James, John, and Peter, and he says, come with me alone. I want to spend this time with you personally. And I just want that to be a word of encouragement for us today. On that mountaintop experience, God wants to meet with us personally. And perhaps that's a new concept for you today. You never knew of a God that is real and personal to you. Well, I want to share with you that my God and our God, the creator of this earth, the creator, creator of all things, is a God that still desires a relationship with you and I. And so if you're sitting here today, I want you to know, you don't know that God loves you and that he desires you. That you can seriously close your eyes and, and, and forget everything and know that God sees you alone today and he wants to meet you personally. That's how great his love is for you. That he meets with us personally. We said that life is all about seasons. Right? We have seasons in our lives and we know that he's with us in the desert, in the valley. But during that mountaintop season when things are going well, he still wants to meet with you personally. That for the believer, that's what the mountaintop experience is all about. And that's what I want also to bring out today, guys, that when we talk about mountaintop experiences, we're not just talking about when things are going well on the outside, where your bills are paid. But even in the midst of that, can we go through a mountaintop experience where we are experiencing God personally? Our devotions are just so rich. We wake up in the morning with this, this heart that's like, man, God, I need you today. And I want you and you're full of that joy. And that's the, that's the joy we celebrate during Christmas, isn't it? Right. We celebrate that joy that our King Jesus came down with us to be in the midst of whatever season you're in today. So if you're in the valley today, he came down to meet with you. If you're in the desert, he came down to be with you. If you're on a mountain, he is with you today. Number two, on the mountain, you encounter God in a powerful way. God meets you personally. You encounter God in a powerful way. See, I know probably you're sitting here and I see some heads and I love that some of us can relate to this, right? We have had experiences where we've encountered God in a personal way and we've encountered God in a powerful way. See, many times this is a season in our lives when God is revealed to us in some new powerful way. Let's look a little bit closer at our scriptures today, verses 2 to 3. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John. He led them up a high mountain by themselves to be alone. In verse 3, he was transfigured in front of them, and his clothes became dazzling, extremely white, as no laundry on earth could whiten them. And I love that experience. See, transfigured literally means to be altered in form. And on that mountain, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and he shows them something new about him. He reveals himself in a powerful new way. 
And I want us to catch this because James, John, and Peter have been following Jesus for up to three years where they had this inside look, right? When Jesus was preaching and everyone else could understand the parables, they had the inside scoop of what does this mean, God? Jesus, talk to us about it. You know, they were out, had the opportunity of spending time, intimate time with Jesus. They slept with him. They ate meals with him. They were there through his miracles. And so they experienced Jesus yet on that mountain. There was a new way that God wanted to meet them. And so if you're sitting here today and you're like, man, I've been walking with my God for 20 years faithfully. Hallelujah, praise God. I want to tell you that there's still new things that God wants to reveal to you. There's still some new things that God wants to reveal to you. Because no matter how many years you've been in the faith, no matter how close your walk has been with God, there's still something fresh and new that you can hear and learn and know of your God. Because he is that big. Our God is so vast and his ways are so much higher that no matter where we are, we can still learn and need to know more of his glorious, glorious ways. Man, it's on that mountaintop we experience him in a powerful and a new way and encounter him like never before. In our Bibles, most of our Bibles, usually if you look on the bottom of your passage, wherever you're reading, a lot of times it will have parallel scriptures, right? And so, like, if we're reading this account in the book of Mark, it'll tell you, hey, you can read about this account also in the book of Luke or, you know, in John. And so on the bottom of the Bible, it took me to Luke to read. And I wanted to see what did Luke see differently or what experiences can we, um, can, does Luke have on this? What was he told? All right. And so I looked at that and what I saw was something, just something great that I wanted to bring out because it blessed me this week. Is that it says there adds to it that when Jesus took them to the mountain, he said, come with me to pray. I found that to be so striking. And why is that? Jesus has called them to pray numerous times. Right? He's called them to be faithful numerous times. And it hit me. If you're in the valley right now, if you're in the desert, remain faithful where God is calling you to do. Because that mountaintop experience could just be coming. In the midst of your pain, in the midst of enduring a loss, a hurt, or whatever it may be, and be encouraged Stand tall and continue to seek him. Continue to be faithful in what he's calling you to do. That mountaintop experience might just be emerging for you. Number three, on the mountain, God's presence overshadows life's many trials. Notice here we're not saying the trials completely disappear and they are non-existent, but his presence in this moment and season in your life just overtakes anything, that there is nothing that can steal the joy that we have. And that is the miracle Christmas brings. The joy that we have that our King Jesus came down in the midst of chaos, in the midst of our junk, in the midst of his people, his creation, that with the very lungs that he's created and given, with the very breath in there, we choose to curse him. We choose to d- deny him. We choose to say, God, I don't need you in this season of my life. With those very lungs, God has come and is with us. And he is there. And so in the mountains, his presence overshadows life's many trials. Where do we see this in our text? Verse 7 and 8 says this, a cloud appeared overshadowing them and a voice came from the cloud this is my beloved son listen to him suddenly looking around they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus that is beautiful 
despite what might be going on around him. Keep in mind, this is a few days right after he's gone through this, this describing what's to come and his crucifixion and the work that still needs to be done. On this time, for this moment on the mountain, they saw no one else around them. They heard and met personally with them that Jesus was there with them. Nothing can steal the joy in the presence of God from you. When he is with you, God is with you. He has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. That is truth. Who believes it in this room with me? Jesus had been speaking again of this times to come, but yet for a while, all of that was overshadowed. Their fear was not fearful of what is around them. Their fear was a fear of a holy God. That's all they could see at that moment. It overtook everything else. We want to remain there. We want these experiences as believers. And the hope that we have is that even though we have these experiences and they are for a moment, that one day those mountaintop experiences will be there for an eternity as we spend it with our Father in His presence forever. And that's what Swerve Church, I want to be our drive. That's what I want and I pray for us and for myself that that will lead us out outdoors to go and to proclaim the gospel, to lead people to Jesus because they too can have a hope. There's a hope that they too will spend eternity forever on a mountaintop with Jesus in his presence in awe and encountering him day in and day out with the angels singing and crying out, holy is you, oh God, are you, oh God. That is our hope and that is what we long for. God is with you on the mountain, meets with you personally. He encounters you in a powerful way. His presence overshadows all your trials. He's with you on the mountain. So how then do we display his goodness during this season to the rest of the world? Well, we've been learning that in the valleys, we must learn to stand tall. And on the mountain, we must learn to bow low. In the valley, we must learn to stand tall. And on the mountain, we must learn to bow low. Let's look at um, Romans 12, 3. It's in your notes. I'll put it up here in a second, give you guys some time to jot that down. But it's in your notes. Romans 12, 3 goes this way. It says this. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. See, when we're on the mountains, we must learn to bow low and remain humble. And we learn how to remain humble by looking at this verse here in Romans 12, 3. And the first way I believe this verse is teaching us to remain humble is this. On the mountaintop, remember God's grace. For by the grace given to me. Not the grace that I have earned, not the grace that I have created, not my doing, but the grace that was given to me. See, it's on the mountain that we need to remember that we're there first and foremost by the grace of God. And when we recognize that, that we are here, that God has allowed this season in our lives because he loves us so deeply and he cares for us, that even on the mountain he is with us, man, it forces you to remember that it's all his grace. We're forced to remain humble because there's no way that you and I could possibly have done any of this or deserved any of this. And that's the gospel and that's the good news. That a holy, perfect, majestic, powerful God did not choose to just remain that and, and move away from his creation that has 
chosen and willingly disobeyed him. But in his love and mercy and grace has decided to give us a gift. And it was his plan all along. It was his joy, his desire for us to have a relationship with him. And that by his grace, Jesus comes. And by his grace, Jesus lives a life that no man can ever live because he himself is God. And he grows up and he does many things, many miracles and, and, and teaches and, and begins to preach the gospel. Begins to preach that you must repent, come to me and be saved, be baptized as we experienced on Friday. And he changes lives and transforms lives. And he goes on the cross. And ultimately dies in our place to satisfy the wrath of God Almighty. Because he's a good and just God and we are not. And he needs to punish us. But yet he chooses in his sovereignty, in his grace, to pour all, all that and to smash his son. And Jesus takes it all on. And he dies on that cross for our sins. Crying out, Abba, Father. And three days later, the power of God raises Jesus. And that very power now is there for you and I, that we might, in, in Jesus, through his death and through his resurrection, experience a new life and experience God and know God personally. And it's by the grace that he's given us through repenting of our sins and trusting in Jesus as now Lord and Savior of our lives, King of our lives, ruler of our lives, the one who's given it to us by his grace has chosen to love us, and so we can come now through Jesus and enjoy a relationship forever and eternity with our Father. That's the way God has wanted it to be. So remember, it's God's grace. If you're on the mountaintop, uh, Ephesians 4, 7 says, Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. His grace is a gift, and I pray that we receive that gift today. The first way to remain humble on the mountaintop, remember God's grace. And number two is don't think too highly of yourself, man. I added the man. Don't think too highly of yourself. Right? We see that in, in verse three it says, I tell everyone among you not to think, high, think of himself more highly than he should think. And this is easy when we're on the mountain. It's easy at that time, as I said, to forget that God is the one who's put you there. And it's easy to say, hey, God, hey, I, I'm, I've done this. I've soaked it all in. It's easy to, to do more than just a pat on the back, right, and to, to bask in it. And that's a dangerous uh, uh, warning here that we must listen to while on the mountain is that in this season, man, it's so easy to, to think of yourself highly. And I want to take this down to us at a personal level as a church. Man, during the season of, of a church plant, when we experience growth and we experience, you know, baptisms, I want us to remember that it is by God's grace. Nothing that we have done that deserved it is not because Swerve, it's, you know, just Danny's blessed because God loves him and so he's going to bless the church. Or, or it's nothing that we can do. It's not our own faithfulness. It's not our own prayer life. And it's not because we study well and understand scripture and we teach right or any of that. Uh, because the danger when we do that is what happens. We begin to shift the focus on ourselves. It's what we've done. And we can easily lose sight that all of this is because God has been gracious to us. And that is by his grace. And so we don't think highly of ourselves. But we instead point it and give God the glory. That's why we open up with worship. That's why we do that. It's a reminder, God, we are here because of you. And we worship you. We need to point people to that truth. Swerve Church can't save people. Jesus saves people. 
And we hope to be his vessel, his instrument, his church that would point people to that. Jesus alone is the one who can save us, can save our family members, can save our neighbors. He is the one who's a good savior. We make lousy saviors. We all need a savior. Jesus is that savior, not us. And this was understood by John the Baptist. He was a man who spent most of his life, all his life, calling people to repentance. And he would gather large crowds and he would baptize many people. He had a large following. But he understood that his ministry wasn't about him and the attention to draw to himself. But he was his point, his, his purpose was to, to make, prepare the way for Jesus and to point people to Jesus. Because he knew that ultimately forgiveness of the sins is what people needed. And I can't, he can't, Jesus can and Jesus forgives because he's God. And so he, he understood that and he says something striking in John 3 verse 30. It's in your notes. He says this. He says he, Jesus, must increase. But I must decrease. Amen. See, he says this because it's not a point of his ministry now where people were beginning to compare his ministry to Jesus. And it was an easy time or a very good time for John if he wanted to, to, to soak that in and to, 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 to entertain that and, 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 and say, hey, yes, I did this. I did, and to make himself higher than he should, but he doesn't. And he points them to Jesus and says, no, no, I'm here by the grace of God. I too need Jesus. You need Jesus. He's the one that you should be going to. I'm glad that followers are now following you and being baptized by Jesus because he's the one we all need. I must decrease. Let him increase. Amen. Amen. So I encourage you, when things are going smoothly in your life, remember to give God thanks. Be aware of the temptation to take all the credit, to get comfortable, and to believe that you're at where you are because of your own talent, your own intelligence your own skills or whatever of it is, all of it's been given by him. That's why number three and our final point today is this. On the mountaintop to remain humble, let's acknowledge that every blessing comes from God. Christmas is a perfect time to pause and to acknowledge this truth. Because in Christmas, we tend to become so busy. It's easy to get distracted by all the festivities, right? All the, the parties that we have in at work, right? All the, the shopping that takes place and the Christmas carols, it's easy to forget that ultimately the God, our God, is the true blessing, the true purpose and meaning of this season. And God, we need to thank him for our blessings. This is important for us on the, in the valley, in the desert, and it's important for us on the mountaintop because we acknowledge that on the mountain, everything we got has come from God. James said it this way in his letter in James 1.17. He says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He's unchanging. He's the same God that was with you in the valley where you needed him and you cried out and he rescued you. He's the God that when you were alone in the desert, he rescued you. And he doesn't change and become different or leave you when things are well and you're on the mountaintop. He is the same God. Every good and perfect gift is from him and he is with you on the mountain. Acknowledge that blessings come from him. Acknowledge that. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. And I shared the good news, the gospel message 
That if you don't know that that God is true and real, I'm telling you today that he is true and he is real and that his love and grace is there for you. It's a gift that you must receive. It's a gift that you need to receive. And I want to pray with you. I want to beg you that you know to know today to not walk out of here knowing that God wants to meet you personally, that he wants to encounter you in a new way today, and that he wants to and needs to. Be glorified in your life through all the seasons and all things that you do. And so I want to close this in prayer um, with you guys today. Um, with the scripture, though, I want to close with Matthew 123. It's been our text throughout this series. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son. They will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, that you have come. Emmanuel with us. God with us. Father, today I want to pray that everything we spoke of today, God, that the truth, Lord, that you are a God who meets with us personally. You're a God who wants to be encountered. You want us to encounter you in a powerful way, God. I pray that, Lord, we will have these experiences with you, Lord. I pray that when we're in the valley, Lord, we will look to you. When we're on the, in the desert, we'll look to you. When we're in the mountaintop, God, we will give you glory and give you thanks, Father. God, in all seasons of our lives, Lord, we thank you, Lord. And Father, as we celebrate Christmas, Lord, as we celebrate our King Jesus born to born a baby coming down and leaving his throne, I pray that we would acknowledge that, God, we, we need you and that we long for you, God. And Father, you've come by your grace to save us. And so, God, thank you today. We give you the glory in every season of our lives. And it is in Jesus' name. Amen.